Here Comes a Podcast. Hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to I'm Horrified. Welcome back. Welcome to another episode. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, Allie. That's you. That's me. Welcome, Sam. That's me. Welcome, listeners. I often wonder, sometimes when I listen to podcasts, especially if it's like two people of the same gender identity, I have trouble like telling them apart occasionally. Like I have to listen to a bunch of episodes to really get their voices. Mm. And I wonder like, can people easily tell us apart? And then also like, what do you picture us looking like? Have you seen a picture of us? Do you know? Is there a picture of us anywhere? I mean, probably. No, I mean, there is pictures of us. We exist, <laughs> but I don't think on any of our have we social ever t- media. Have we tweeted a picture? I don't know. I'm going to find like, like a crazy photo of two like, elderly sisters who live um you know in like sweden somewhere Perfect. who have like crazy braids and live on bicycles so yeah i'm gonna be like this is sam and this is Allie. i love that um and this is sam and this is Allie, and here here comes a podcast i mean we're both white women with brown hair it's pretty typical. so like whatever you're thinking of you're probably right yeah you know it's pretty pretty boring it's right up in honestly. there while you guys think about that <laughs> um sharpen your images in your mind's eye I am, I was excited to talk about my topic today, and then I got more into it, and I'm less excited. Um, it's, a, a truly classic. Uh, that's a really classic situation, honestly. Yeah. Um, so I thought this was going to be like, oh, isn't this crazy? And now it's like, isn't this crazy? <laughs> and that's a different tone, mm. and I don't love that tone, but we're going we're gonna to keep going anyways. Samantha, today I'm going to be talking about Sharenting. Okay. Sharenting or, uh, there's like, there's like a couple of different ways that people talk about it. Basically, I'm going to be talking about children on social media. Oh, I had assumed it was when, uh, you put your child in front of the TV and you put on episodes of the share show and just let them. That would not be on this podcast (laughs) because that's a great parenting technique. Because that sounds really great. Coco Melon Hoomst. Um, <laughs> no. Sharenting is sharing on social media your children. Oh. And I do need to start by saying uh, that this episode comes with a significant trigger warning for child abuse, including child sexual abuse and child sexual abuse material. Oh my goodness. So if that doesn't, you know, sort of set the scene for a, a wild episode, I don't know what will. But I've been becoming more aware of this topic specifically because of TikTok. Mm -hmm. Actually, there's sort of a TikTok movement that points out a lot of this stuff, that points out a lot of things about, and and as you'll see, there's sort of two polarities here to Sharenting. There's the girl you went to high school with who's posting three to 12 pictures a day of their child's on Facebook that has no following, Mm -hmm. right? That's an aspect of sharenting. And then on the other hand, there's family vlogs. Yeah. Where parents share videos of their daily life, sometimes every day, including videos of their children, in every situation. Every day, for hours at a day, um, and edit it together into daily vlogs or weekly vlogs. And so it's basically like they turn their family into a little reality show that's constantly running and constantly uploading. Mm-hmm. And those channels, some of those channels have millions of subscribers, literally. Um, so there's a difference in the 
level of scope of sharenting, but some of there's some overlap of the consequences, and there are consequences. Oh yes, uh, there are consequences. So I came to this um, topic sort of slowly and then all at once. You know, partially again because of TikTok. I never gave a second thought to kids being in social media content. It just seemed so normal to me. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, especially like you know the other week when we were talking about planned obsolescence, like. I guess if you had asked me about it, I would say it was wrong, mm-hmm. but I didn't think about it all that much. Yeah. Um, and, like, half of social media is like, hey, here's my family. And I get that. Like, my family's on my social media. Um, I'm kind of glad that this conversation is happening now because it makes me think as I think about having kids, like, okay, what will I do about that? Like, I have social media accounts. What does that mean? How will I engage with it? So... I started getting introduced to the darker side of sharenting um, by one-off inappropriate situations. So certain situations would happen in the news that would come to light, Mm -hmm. that would kind of jump off of the YouTube niche screen and come into the news or something like that. One particular one that I think a lot of people will remember is... Uh, the Daddy O Five incident. Are you familiar with this? Oh, it sounds so familiar when you say Daddy O Five. I feel like I vaguely know it, but I also feel like there's been like eight thousand that yes. occasionally so, pop up. So Daddy O Five was a prank channel. I also fucking hate prank channels. I yeah, hate teens all the way back to teens on YouTube. That was a long time ago. <laughs> oh, the OG listeners remember our teens on YouTube episode. Um, basically, there were these parents who would prank their children but the pranks were like we're kicking you out of the house or like we broke your computer or like yelling at my kid when they've done nothing wrong and like they would get increasingly aggressive or physical to the point where people started commenting like what the fuck like this is not okay like the the kids were clearly having like really intense emotional responses and they were just like, oh, ha, 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 it's so funny. And some people were like, ha, 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 it's so funny. And some people were like, this is not cool. Yeah. And that resulted in them having child their children taken away from them mm-hmm. for a period of time by Child Protective Services while they were being investigated for abuse. Yeah. Well, like, pranking a child is like... Uh, they're a child like they don't understand a sense of humor of an adult pranking a child should be like surprise we're going to disneyland today yes like a nice prank got your nose got your nose (laughs) (laughs) that's what i'm thinking about it shouldn't be something that what if you did like a got your nose and the toddler was like hey that's fucked up (laughs) (laughs) that don't do that you're gaslighting me um i'd be like fair enough fair enough so yeah that was what you call a vlog channel family vlog channel centers around a family's life including the kids um and it's a type of content creator Mm -hmm. so if you think of a content creator like it's somebody who vlogs every day or they do their makeup on camera and as we all know now that is a genuine career path Mm -hmm. and i think sometimes people are like laughing like haha what is your career like content creator and like that's not a real job I actually would say it is a real job and it's important to see it as a real job Mm. because it is labor that is being done. So when a child is doing it, what does that mean, Sam? That's child labor. There you go. Exactly. So content creators are creating content that they're then not selling directly most of the time, uh, but they're receiving ad revenue for. Yeah. So if your child is the source of your content... 
they are the source of your money. Yeah. And what they are doing is labor. Absolutely. And should be seen as such. So after hearing more about that conversation, um, I started learning more and more about what kinds of exploitation there is happening behind the scenes um, of a lot of these family vlogs and, vlogs and kid derving content, some of which goes a lot deeper than I realized mm-hmm. and that I think a lot of people realize um, into some like really unthinkably horrible activity. And I've also learned on the flip side about the sort of digital safety aspect that applies to even like your acquaintance from high school posting pictures of her daughter 20 times a day. Um, Like, look at them at Abbott Elementary School, like on (laughs) Juniper Lane in Warwick, Rhode Island. Like, no, like you can't do that. Um, So I'm going to talk about that first. I'm going to try to talk about that first, like, your average Joe. Yeah. Or more of, like, your average Sharon. Mm-hmm. Like, Joe's not doing this. No, it's probably not. Sharon or Cindy or Trisha. Or they, or they have one of those Facebooks that's shared between a couple, so the first name is, like, Joe and Sharon. Boo. And then the last name is their last Don't name. do that, everyone. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I'm going to eventually get towards, like, the effects of kids in the public eye, but for now I'm just going to talk about kids you know. Yeah. Like, the, the, the children that you see in your feed mm-hmm. um, on public... Facebook and Instagram accounts. So this is from the New York Times. Today, many children's social media presence begins with a sonogram, posted obviously without consent. One study from Britain found that nearly 1,500 images of the average child have been placed online by their fifth birthday. Parents get a lot of gratification from telling kids stories online. Advertisers and platforms like Pinterest and Instagram get a lot out of it too. Baby pics drive clicks. Mm. So it's going to hit that natural part of your brain of everybody, like I made this baby yes it's gorgeous yes i want everyone to see it that makes total sense i'm putting a lot of time and attention into this baby hell yes you have to you must you must so when i do its hair in a cute way i want the world to see it a totally understandable situation yeah so and now this is from the hill uh one major area of concern is the surreptitious collection of children's data by technology companies websites and other internet users so we've had this conversation about ourselves Mm mm-hmm If you're putting pictures of your children and information about your children on the internet, that is possible for them as well. In an interview with Changing America, it's a lot more nefarious than I think people realize, and they are putting out this information that I would encourage them to keep more private. For example, posts that include identifiable data like the name of a child's school, their teacher, their interests, their age or grade can all be used by advertisers and more dangerous actors. While companies can use the data to create psychological or behavioral profiles about what that child might want to purchase or their interests, pedophiles, kidnappers, and human traffickers can also easily access the information, especially when it is not shared with a private small group of individuals over an encrypted service. Yeah. So there's like multiple fronts of danger here. And again, we're not even into the family vlogging and that, but there's already multiple like prongs of danger. Like, a digital footprint can follow children through, like, advertising, like, into their personal life. Like, if you're creating, like, a profile for your kid. A lot of people, like, create profiles for their fucking baby. Yeah. Like, that will continue to follow them because then they'll eventually have that handed over to them. If you're putting data out about yourself and you're a mother and you're putting data about your children, they're learning how to market to your children as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And that you know, you're already, like, you're sort of already setting them up to be extremely vulnerable for, like, their data to be sort of harvested by advertisers 
And if you're confused about why that's no good, uh, go watch The Social Network. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me think of, like... A, when you said, like, you want to, like, you made, you put your daughter in funny pigtails, you want to share it with the world. Like, even if you don't want to share it with the world, you want to share it with, like, your aunts and cousins that are on Facebook. Of course. And then you're not, like, I, this just occurred to me, like, I'm friends on Facebook with so many people that I haven't talked to or thought about in years. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's hugely important. Like, I think there's conversations happening now about, like, even if your Instagram is private, like... Do you have a relationship with everyone on your Instagram? Yeah. Probably not. If you have more than, like, a hundred followers, like, you probably barely know half of the people who are following you on Instagram, who you're following, even if it's private. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then also, like, posting all that data, it makes me think of, like, so many, like, my bank or, like, my student loans or any of that makes you do the security questions that are, like, where did you go to elementary school? Exactly. Like, what's your exactly. middle name? Like, so, so there's the sort of nebulous, your data in terms of advertising. Then there's your data in terms of security. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, what was the first name of your pet? Or, or what was the first name of your pet? What was your pet's maiden name? Um, <laughs> what was this person's name? What, where did you go to elementary school? Where, li- I think literally where did you go to elementary school is one that I filled out several yeah, times. Yeah, me too. Several times. Um, and now, like, that's not on my digital footprint, because my parents weren't sharing it, but parents are sharing it now. Mm-hmm. And I've even seen parents with, like, these boards that are, like, Susie's going into fifth grade, and it's, like, you take chalk, and it's, like, her interests are soccer. Mm-hmm. She's going to, like, you know... Abbott Elementary. Walsh Middle School. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, that's crazy. Like, that's crazy that that's gonna be there and it's it only takes a scroll Mm -hmm. to go to the bottom and then it's like oh that's where their life started that's all their information um and then increase increasing in danger is people Mm -hmm. real people in your life or in your area who are aware of your kids Mm -hmm. and you don't know who this like we also we all do know that and it's horrible but like The bulk of danger when it comes to child abuse, child sexual abuse, is going to be people you know. Yeah. It's not going to be strangers who you don't know. Mm -hmm. It's going to be somebody who you tangentially know or even somebody who's close in your family using information that they know to get close to your children. And so this could be someone you kind of know. This could be someone you barely know but who has taken an interest in your child. If they know where they go to elementary school... If they know your parents' name, Mm -hmm. if they know your interests, if they know everything about you, they can go up to you and say, oh, your mommy told me this, Mm -hmm. and to come pick you up, or whatever. Or they will know where you, they can know where you are. They can know that you have soccer practice every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. That is so dangerous. And, And not dangerous in a like, oh, somebody might steal my, like, my data might not be as, like, you know, safe for, you know from, like, a sort of Facebook philosophical way. Like, no, like, somebody could come and hurt your child. Yeah. Like, they really can. And I think that it's hard to talk about that. It's hard to think about it because it's, like, who the fuck would do that? People would do that. Yeah. People do that. And it's and it's horrible and you don't want to think about it. But, like, if it's your kid, like, your their safety has to be your first priority. And so it may feel really, and it feels really detached because you feel like you have this idea of who you're talking to, 
when you're posting on social media, the people who are commenting is who you're thinking of. The people who you're friends with and who you're seeing their posts, that's who you're thinking of. If you have other people who are open to that information, you are putting your child at risk. Yeah. Um, and you're putting them at risk in a multitude of ways. So that's, like, low-level sharenting, right? That's yeah. Sharon sharenting, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have a following. It's just, like, your basic soccer mom. Yeah. That's what's going on. Already pretty risky. Already genuinely risky. Yeah. And I think that's something that I think we all know. Mm -hmm. And I think, honestly, I don't know that I wouldn't parent that way if I hadn't kind of learned what I've learned. Mm -hmm. Um... But now we have this whole other group of kids who, for a variety of reasons, maybe they're part of a famous family, maybe their family has grown to prominence, maybe they on their own are adorable and have gained prominence in the internet, on the public eye, on YouTube, on Instagram, what have you. Um, there are children in the public eye um, who have a following. The internet when anything is popular, does what it does, and it creates a following. There's a following for any any time you see, you know, a child who's getting lots of views, there's going to be, like, a fan page for them. There's going to yeah. be fans of maybe a family vlog channel. We hear a lot about those. Eight Passengers has been in the news a lot recently. I'm not going to get too much into that because that's genuinely its own episode. You know, so we know what this is, like family vlog channels. This is a genuine genre of media now. There's a lot of them. And even if you haven't heard of them, there might be this sort of like whole underground subculture of like they have their own fandom that has their own Reddit page. They have their own merch. Like they have this whole world that's all about these kids mm -hmm. that you don't know. And when you break it down like that, it starts to feel kind of sinister. Because, you know, any fandom will comprise different levels of fans. Casual fans, serious fans, and then very serious fans. Mm -hmm. Why would an adult be a very serious fan of a child mm. that they don't know? Why would they have this sort of, like, you know, parasocial relationship with a child? That is odd. In real life, that would be odd. If a stranger came up to you at the park and was like, what are they doing? How are, like, what is their favorite color? What are they doing at school? That would feel odd to you. And so we got to keep that in mind when yeah. we're thinking about how these children are being treated online. Um, so this is from the science survey. Child stardom in this specific manifestation as an internet micro-celebrity or state of being well-known by a specific group of people such as your YouTube followers is a very recent development, which means two things. First, we do not fully understand how being the subject of a family vlog as a child will affect a person long-term. Secondly, there are absolutely no regulations in place in order to protect children from online exploitation by their parents. So again... There's danger from multiple facets, right? Right? Um, there's there's danger on both sides. How you're being parented and how you're being viewed. So you might have parents who take every emotional moment in your life as an opportunity to create content where you can't just have a special connection with your mom anymore um, without it being, like, documented for profit. So there's an issue with how you're actually being parented. That's not a good way to engage with your child for no. a variety of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And, you know, we know that clickbait is the name of the game with YouTube. So things naturally, the way that the internet works is things have to get more and more intense, mm-hmm. I guess would be the word. So if you have clickbait titles like telling my kid their pet gerbil died mm-hmm. or like toddler throws a tantrum or, you know, like something like that is intense, like where somebody's going to be showing an intense emotion, you are going to get more clicks. So parents who don't really keep their children and their children's best interests in mind are being incentivized to infringe more and more upon their kids' life. Yeah. And their intimate moments and their, you know, their emotional well-being is partially protected by feeling like they have a safe place to go to when they need to talk about something. Mm-hmm. And, like, can you fucking imagine, like, as 90s kids, like, can you, can you, thinking about Jill and Susan, right, our moms, like, can you fucking imagine, like, if we were, like, I got bullied at school today or something, and, like, your mom just, like, fucking took her phone out and, exactly. like, started filming you? Yeah. That's insane! I feel like I would have, like, no... I feel like it would really limit the amount I could have a real relationship with my parent. If Absolutely. If they were turning every moment into content, it would even be Even if like, they were female filming it, even if they were just talking about it. Yeah. You know? Then it, be- then it becomes like, what our relationship is, is content generation. Yes. It's not genuine sharing of feelings and trust and love. And maybe, and like, you know, putting on like, maybe for the parent, they do mean it in that way. They're just also turning it into content. But for a kid, it's like, well, now I know, like, A equals B, I trust you with something, you put it on the internet. Yeah, and I just imagine it would feel so profoundly lonely for a child to feel like, you know, it's funny because it feels violating and also lonely. Like, there's no one really that you can trust in a way that doesn't expose you. Mm -hmm. But, like, let's say, for the sake of argument, your parents have no flaws <laughs> and they totally balance like content creation with real connection and everything's good. And that's not even an issue. Um, everything's good on that end. Well, you're still being viewed by thousands, maybe millions of people. And what does that mean? Uh, it means people commenting on your child. So commenting on their behavior, commenting on their appearance. Yeah. Which is odd. <laughs> um, commenting on their appearance in, every way about every aspect it means fan pages sometimes strangers who don't know your child dedicating time to documenting details about them discussing their interpersonal details having sometimes back and forths or arguments about what's going on for you and your child in your family like your interpersonal issues Mm -hmm. um literal threads from strangers about all of this stuff about your child this is all real this yeah oh yes and this isn't this isn't me like this could happen this happens this is real life many 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 children who are in vlog channels or who are like vlog famous like there are reddit threads where there's whole threads about like do you think that x is autistic Mm -hmm. do you think that X is malnourished? Do you think X is a good parent? Like, it's ho- it's horrifying. Like, it's horrifying when you really break it down. But I think we're used to it because we're used to treating celebrities that way, right? Yes. And so it just feels natural, but it is not natural. Mm-hmm. 
And there is like, I feel like in the past few years, there's been a movement of like former child stars, like TV and movie stars coming forward and being like, hey, this has not been a good situation. And they do have protections of like laws and unions, even if they're not doing enough. Absolutely. Like those are in place for TV and movie child stars. There's nada for exactly. a, a child vlog star. Exactly. Um, and I think that that's so important. And it's so important why this be considered labor. Mm-hmm. And not just, oh, we're just, you know, it's family videos. No, it isn't. Yeah. If you're generating millions of dollars, thousands and millions of dollars in ad revenue, no, it is not just your family memories. Mm-hmm. It is, if you're able to quit your job to document your child full time, and that's what you're getting your money from, that's labor that's your child doing labor and yeah I don't even know what the conversation would be from there but at the very least there needs to be protections for that child Mm -hmm. and now I am going to talk about tradition the the more traditional um child exploitation which is also absolutely a part of this Mm -hmm. so the truth is that the internet harbors some of the most despicable gathering places for abusers for pedophiles to discuss and trade images of children mm-hmm. and we know that and to trade child sexual abuse material which um formerly has been known as like child pornography but i definitely agree with the change of the word because it's not pornography it's the documenting of a crime yeah <laughs> and it's it's that's that's what it is it's it's proof it's evidence of a crime and so in those places where those things are being traded, those things are being created and generated, images from these blog channels are ending up. And this is not a one-off situation. This happens constantly. Mm-hmm. Images of these vlog stars, these children who have, you know, hundreds of hours of content out in the world. <sighs> This is really hard. This is very difficult to talk about. This yeah. is really upsetting to describe. But like them at the beach in bathing suits, them in swimsuits, mm-hmm. them in like a bathtub, them eating certain things, mm-hmm. like them in certain compromising positions, like that stuff gets clipped and ripped out of the video and put in these places yeah. on the internet where child sexual abuse is being traded. And Maybe it isn't, like, explicit child sexual abuse material, but that is still abuse. Yeah. That is still abuse. That child is still being exploited, and that child, I I think it's important for us to recognize that child is harmed by that. Mm -hmm. That that is harm being done to a child, even if it's not explicitly documenting a crime, Mm -hmm. that the use of that is a form of harm to that child that that child is going to have is going to grow up at some point and and could learn that there is a whole like inappropriate criminal following of their baby pictures of their child of the pictures of them and video of them as a child god i can't even imagine which is so upsetting um on its own and again like obviously the fault of that is the abusers and the pedophiles, these horrible people who are doing this. Now, here's where we start to get into really muddy water. Mm -hmm. Really muddy. 
the parents who are posting their kids obviously have a great incentive to post their kids because they're getting money from it. So they're obviously going to say something. Well, you know, they might say, oh my God, that's happening. I'm going to take that off. Or they might say, that's despicable, but that's not my fault. Mm -hmm. There's nothing inherently sexual about this. Yeah. And so I can't do anything about it and I'm not going to take it down. And in a way, I agree. Like, I 100%. There's nothing sexual about a child in, in, in general. Mm -hmm. Nothing. But if you are a parent and you know that that is happening to images of your child, I cannot understand how you could allow yourself to continue posting images of them, mm -hmm. knowing that that's what it was being used for. I really don't. Yeah. I really, really don't. And I'm not saying that that's as bad as what these abusers are doing, but what could be worth that is kind of how I come down on it. And the even muddier waters than that is that recently there have been some accusations and some patterns being recognized of some family, and again, this is very hard to prove that this is being done on purpose, mm -hmm. but that of some... Um, popular family vlog channels or vlog stars are catering to that. Mm. So specifically having their children in less clothing, specifically having them in bathing suits or eating certain foods or doing these certain things that they know will end up with more traffic. And the other thing about traffic is you can see how many times a video is, like, on TikTok or something. Yeah. You can see how many times a video is saved. And there are patterns often that other people will start looking at and being like, oh, the top saved video of this toddler is them in a bikini. Mm -hmm. Why? Why is that? Yeah. Is it because it's adorable? No, it's not because it's adorable. Mm -hmm. Like, we can all act like, oh... And this is the thing, like, can you prove that that is what's happening? No, I don't know if you can prove that. Mm -hmm. But, like, we all know why that is. That is not a coincidence. And the other thing is, oftentimes, I think on TikTok especially, but on other platforms, you can see the demographics of who is saving that kind of material. Oh, interesting. I didn't yes, know you could do that. you can. So you can look in and say, oh, of the people who saved this, video of my kid at the beach, 75% of them are men between the ages of 30 and 50. Mm -hmm. Why? Like, yeah, we know why. We know why. Mm -hmm. We know why that is. And that, to me, is like, it's like, it makes me sick to my stomach. Mm -hmm. Like, it's horrible. It's horrifying. And again, is that the parent's fault? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe some of them are catering to it. There was a um, uh, controversy with Jacqueline and Ren Eleanor. I'm, some people might have heard that name. Jacqueline is the mom. Ren is the child. Um, and she's just this, like, adorable toddler who had a big following because people were like, oh, she's so cute. And those videos, people started noticing a pattern of videos of her in, like, less clothing or, you know, in these situations were getting much more traffic and then they noticed that more of that type of video was being posted. Yeah. And so people started 
I think there was like this like hashtag save Ren Eleanor or something like people were like, oh my God, she's exploiting her child for this. Like she's doing this on purpose, Mm -hmm. but you can't prove that she's doing it on purpose. Yeah. But you know, something's fucking up. Like, you know that that material is going to get into the hands of people who are going to exploit it. And it just feels like this horrible, like, mess. Mm -hmm. It just feels like a mess of, you know, okay, do we want the responsibility, like, obviously we want the responsibility to be placed on the shoulders of the abusers and the people who are exploiting this media, but what is the adult's responsibility in that situation to stop the flow of material to these parts of the internet Mm -hmm. and so there are now you see things like controversies of is this parent actually catering to this type of material because they know it's going to receive more likes and more likes mean more money Mm -hmm. more saves means more money more clicks means more money and so it's sort of like unable to be proved but it's happening. It's and it's happening in a way that's just so nebulous. It's difficult to pin down. Yeah. But like another example of this which is really upsetting is which is really confusing and just like I can't even believe that this is a thing. Um there are some family vlogs and child stars where families will literally like sell subscriptions or fan packs. What does this sound like to you, Sam? OnlyFans. OnlyFans, which is what? Uh, it's a, it's a, a sex work west website. Yeah. Um, which if you're an adult with an OnlyFans, get your bag. Yeah. But like, that's, it's a place for people to buy like pornographic material, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, if you have a porn star who you love, yeah. <laughs> who you are a fan of their work, you can go and subscribe to them and you get, uh, content. Yeah. There's something called Brand Army. Here, let me just quickly pull up what they call themselves. Yeah. A platform that... Monetize your fan community, fan engagement platform, um, a platform that allows you to connect with your fan, your true fans on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And they have things called junior channels, which theoretically have all these rules about content. But like you can sell photo packs mm-hmm. of like, here's a bunch of, fo- you can buy photos of my child. It's so weird. Who would do that? Who wants photos of a stranger's child? What parent in their right mind would sell pictures of their kids to strangers? Like, it is so fucking crazy to me. Like, it just seems, it seems so obviously exploitative. And it makes me, like, so angry that it's like, do we have nothing we can do about this? I know. Is there nothing we can do about this? Like, it's just crazy to me. Um, but yeah, so things like Brand Army, you can, you can subscribe to, like, fan packs so you get, like, exclusive content or autographs or photos or, like, like, it's just, it's so, it feels so obvious to everyone what that means. But because it isn't technically viewed as child sexual abuse material, they have deniability and no one can legally comment, like, call them out on it. Yeah. And I just think about the emotional damage to, like, a child who grows up and even has to question whether or not their parent put that them in that position. Yeah, even just the possibility. Even just the possibility. And even if there's no question of that, like, my parents would never do that. Knowing that 
you have this sort of subculture following of the worst type of human being imaginable Mm -hmm. who knows everything about you. They know where you went to school. They know your whole family. They know the names of everyone in your whole family. They know how old you are. They know what you did during the week. They knew your weekly routine. They knew your weekly schedule. Like, I just cannot square that. And I think it's gotten to the point now that it's difficult to really pin down culpability in a gray area like this. Mm -hmm. And I think because it's a gray area and because it's difficult, there's hesitancy to really tackle it because that's going to be really difficult. Like legislating this is going to be really, really difficult, but we have to, (laughs) we simply have to, there needs to be more aggressive action taken on protecting kids from exploitation and setting limits on what kind of content about children can be released without their consent, which is all content. No content about a child, about their personal life can be released with consent. They can't give consent. They're a child. They can't make that decision for themselves, especially like a fucking baby. Mm -hmm. Like toddlers can't definitely can't make that decision. Um, So yeah, ultimately to me, none of this content is worth the risk that it poses to the point where I've gone to like a, I guess it seems radical maybe to some people, but like I'm literally at the point where I'm like, I don't think children should be on social media period. Yeah. Like, I swear to God, like, and I know that sounds crazy, right? Like, that sounds kind of out there. But, like, can we not break it down and think, hey, it's kind of crazy that we do that anyways. Mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy that we would allow a stranger to learn any kind of private information about our kid. Yeah. Like, like, to the point where I feel like it's, like, there should be no family blogging. It should be illegal. Like, kids' faces on YouTube should be blurred out, like... It's just the more I've learned about this, the more, like, frantic and terrified I have become for the safety of these kids. And it doesn't seem like, you know, you can't legislate the casual user, you know? Like, it does have to, you do have to legislate the worst possible Mm -hmm. infringement of a child's right because that is what's happening. And so, you know, it might seem drastic, but we are at the point where this situation is drastic. So I'm going to leave it there, but uh, I really recommend, um, there's an account called Mom Uncharted on Mm -hmm. TikTok. She has really great content, and from what I've seen, has been kind of like leading the charge on TikTok at least to draw attention to a lot of this um, exploitation. Um, So definitely go follow them. I think they're on Instagram as well. Um, But yeah, I, I have a lot of interest and concern about so much of this. So I definitely will be revisiting. I'd like to revisit like eight passengers. What's going on with that? If you Google eight passengers right now, they're in the news. There's the Bal- there's the Ballinger family. Well, I did an yeah. episode of Colleen Ballinger a little while ago. He, her brother and his wife have like six children and they homeschool them. And people know everything. They do videos like every year, like update on Bailey. Mm-hmm. Bailey's 12 now. This is what's going on with her. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's something that, like, like when you say, like, I just feel like no kids on social media, I know that's, like, a hot take. Like, it's so – you're right that it's a really hot take, but it's also crazy because we're within a generation, like, within a couple years of when it became a thing. Like, yep. before Facebook, MySpace maybe, 
no one was sharing pictures of it's their true. kids. It's true. Exactly. See, if you wanted to see a picture of someone's kid, they mailed it to you with their Christmas card or you saw them in the office and said, oh, can I see a picture of the new baby? And similarly, like, no one was making money as a family vlogger. And, like, yeah. no one was making money as a vlogger generally. But, like, yeah, like, there are many career paths that don't involve putting your family on the internet. Yes. And it's, it's crazy because you're right. Like, when you said, like, I just think no kids are going to I totally reacted as, like, I mean, that's, that's insane. How yeah. would you even do that? But it's like, yeah, that's very new putting anyone on in this way. That's a good point. That's it, a really good and important point. It shouldn't be something we're taking for granted. And then also, like, there are ways, if you, if you must be, like, a vlogger, if you just feel, like, called to do that, which, like, good on you. Like, there are ways to talk about your family and not be a family vlogger and not yes. be... Like, taking advantage. Like, there's one and girl... And you can talk about parenting. Yeah. And do. And should. Like, moms should talk about being moms. Dads should talk about being dads. Like, there's so much room. I think vlogging as, like, a sort of career path or, like, people who do it, especially people with different perspectives, I think that can be great. Yeah. I think that can be a really cool form, form of storytelling. Yeah. I just think, like, if you, if you must do that and if you want to talk about, like, my kid said the funniest thing, like... There's a feasible way to talk about it. Yeah. But it's about, like, knowing the boundaries of, like, I'm not going to say that my kid said, Mom, I had explosive diarrhea and I feel awful today. Like. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's obviously that line. And then it's just, like, you just, like, you can be creative and you can think of a better solution than just, I better put a camera in my kid's face all the time. And I think it's also okay if something is detracting from the overall enjoyment of the internet. Like, is a is a funny video of a baby giggling next to a puppy amazing? Yes. Yes. It is amazing. I love that too. Is it worth this? 100% no. Yeah. No, it's not. And so if one has to be legislated to avoid the other, I am in favor of that. Yeah. I would rather get it t- wrong on the other end mm-hmm. of this. I would rather be too careful. Yeah. Um so yeah, and I, de- I definitely do want to talk more about this. I do want to go in and do some specific stories about, um, you know, some specific vlog channels and, and what's been going on with them. So I'll certainly be revisiting this topic, but yeah, yeah, that's the introduction to it. Um, yeah, and I think you're right. It gives me a lot to think about with like the kids that I interact with with my life, like the what I might want to do in the future if I like had a kid. Like it's a lot to think about and consider and it's not like an easy clear choice i mean no in some not. ways it is an easy clear choice but it's not no it's not yeah it is complicated it's yeah. complicated and i get that and it has it's become so normalized within like a few years of like of course you're posting your sonogram online of course yeah. you're posting that's the nature of the internet though it's it's gonna take like it's crazy to have arguments of like well what if this the worst possible situation happened mm-hmm. and everyone's like that's not gonna happen that's what the internet does yeah it takes everything to its worst possible conclusion um, that's a common thread of this show. Yeah, it really is. Things being taken taken to their worst possible conclusion. Yeah. Um, I know we were, I think we might have run a little long today, but um, that's I okay. Hope you... Thank you. You that was such a good primer. I think of something that's like really in depth and serious. Yeah, so there's a lot you. more here, so we'll keep talking about it. Um, but yeah, uh, next week we're gonna have something more fun. I you. promise. Next week will be more fun than this. We will do something uh, much more chill. Yes. Uh, but we love talking about real stuff with you guys also. Um, so we'll see you next week, next Tuesday. Um, as always, shoot us a line at imhorrifiedpodcast at gmail.com if you have suggestions. Um, we always want to hear your suggestions. Hang out with us on 
Twitter, not calling it X, um, at I'm Horrified Pod. Um, and until next week, we hope you stay horrified. Stay horrified.